0: it's all about family it's always about family and families are strange and different back, ladies and gentlemen, to the White Beard and TK Podcast. Matter of fact, this is more of the movie review thing, so I should have said, welcome back to a two stro- a Coke and two... Man, has been so long. For- welcome back to a Coke and two-store movie review. Let me tell you right off the top, there are going to be spoilers. I will mention that again. At any rate, welcome back to the White Beard and TK Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am White Beard, a.k.a t anthony please excuse the uh any background noise from the outside because it's far too hot here in this house to close the windows in the doors to make sure that you've got the best possible quality that we can afford to record this podcast so and let me say it again the best possible um uh, 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 equipment that we can afford to give you this podcast so if it doesn't sound like the great radio stuff that you see all the time on some polished stuff that has a producer and a thousand people there's just me and the kid me and tk me and elizabeth that's just it and we have a mic and we are putting this stuff together anyway enough of that because you clicked on here for a particular reason because you want to hear about f9 or should we say the fast saga so i'm going to repeat to you again and this is your opportunity to turn this off come back see the movie and turn this back on this is going to carry heavy spoilers i may even tell you the whole movie but even in doing that i'm still telling you it's worth going to see so you've got spoiler alert twice. As a matter of fact, I'll let you know just before I start saying everything. But let me preface it with this. I've been waiting for this since forever and it's been a tradition that when it comes out I head out to the theater and maybe I'll go before my take my wife or someone else and I'll go just so I can absorb it all myself then come back and go see it again with my wife when she was alive and then I go back another time and see it again and then I may go back a fourth time. I mean I forgot which one I actually saw three or four times in the theater. Um, Many of them I said I saw multiple times. I believe I saw Tokyo Drift. That was the only one I saw once. Because I didn't like it because it didn't have all the original people in it. Um, However, I fell in love with it watching it multiple times at home on the disc. It is a... um, I have octane in my blood. I inherited that from my dad. So I love fast cars. I love driving fast I didn't say that. I love fast cars. I love muscle cars. I'm not a great big tuner fan, anything else. I love muscle cars. And so um, I was immediately attracted to this now franchise, but then this movie called Fast and Furious, which came out around the same time as um, Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage, which is another great film, which is a remake of the original movie, but they did so much better. Uh, What else came out around that time? I think Biker Boys came out around that time or a little bit later, a little bit before. So that was pretty cool. And so when this movie came out, I was like, oh, okay, let me go check this out. And I went to see Who's This New Crew, and I already seen um, Vin Diesel. I was aware of Vin Diesel out there doing things, but I was really there for the guy who plays Brian, Paul Walker. Um, who I'd already seen in other films before this. So I was a Paul Walker fan before this. I was not one of the people who came Johnny Come Lately or or something else like that. Kind of like my wife. Um, when we used to see these movies together, she was the one. She fell uh, into the Paul Walker, you know, that, that hit her radar later down the line. You know, what really attracted her was the fast cars in action. She was an action junkie. And she also like. Um, thrillers. She was into horrors in her, in her younger years, but as we got married um, it was this one horror film that turned her off from ever seeing horror again um, which was the movie Seven, which was sick um, So yeah, so she's a heavy action junkie and a um, like mysteries type thrillers and of course we always like monster movies that was both of our passion you know zombies and monster movies i like space movies and stuff like that so you know the, the appeal for us to go see this together is because it, it crisscrossed some things that we both liked and then it was the story of the couples that we like dom and letty who were this rough and tough people who would get to go through these things and they always had each other's back and then it was like that and it was brian and uh and mia so we were really attracted to the love stories behind this as well as the car chases so um i was a little weirded out the last movie we saw together was seven which also happened to be the last movie that paul did um my wife died in between seven and uh furious seven and the fate of the fairy so she didn't see that one so that was the first time i saw one without her And it was really kind of weird. And it was a strange thing because the Fast and Furious franchise was moving in a different direction. It has always, always changed and continued to change going throughout all the different films over the past 20 years. I'll probably get into a little bit of that a little bit later as I'm continuing to go on with this whole introduction. So, you know, we've seen some stuff. We've seen some things that were just utterly ridiculous. So, when it comes to people saying they're in space and if you haven't already known you probably already know because everybody from up and down left and right has already spilled the beans that they're going to be going into space um which is as the joke goes uh before tom cruise get to space because he wanted to film something in space and do something in space i mean he wants to literally get to space and do that um was tom cruise is somebody else but so so the joke is they beat them getting into space Um, So, yeah. So, when people are are, are stuck on this. They're in space, man. It's ridiculous. How could they possibly go? They defied the laws of physics. They did this. And they... uh, uh, They're getting stuck on the in space part. I've been watching... In reading some of the comments and people saying, all right, okay, so a bunch of drifters built a rocket and they flew into space. Like, really, How that really going to happen? And then they went up there and they survived. And they did this. It's so ridiculous, man. This movie has gone. It's made a mockery of itself. It's made a, a joke of itself. It's just this franchise is dead. It's this and it's that and this other. You know what? If you're stuck on them being in space, you are the greatest fool that I have ever seen in my life that's where you land on how ridiculous this franchise is really they have poke fun at themselves i mean if you're paying attention to the movie you'll see that roman's uh uh uh, what's his name's character roman is really echoing some of the is, is pretty much echoing the voice of the audience who questions like wait a second this happened and this happened and this happened and we're still what so he's kind of playing like, I want to say devil's advocate, but he is playing the devil's advocate role as the audience questioning all the ridiculousness of all the stuff that's happened. So if you land on them and stick on them and complain and talk about the being in space, and that's where you draw the line and say, you're done, and this movie and this franchise is stupid, and they're so-and-so. Then, sir, ma'am, boy, girl, whatever you want to call yourself, you have missed a lot. They drive cars at ridiculous speeds. They have flipped, crashed, ran into things with no helmet, no harness, no seatbelts, and still alive and you're worried about them being in space. Really? Really? Letty crashes her car, it tumbles, she gets blown up and the blast blows her out into the woods. They find her years later and she has amnesia and you land and stick on, they went to space. It's so ridiculous. Good grief, put on your big boy panties and go home. You know what, return your popcorn. The whole point of an action film, let's stick to this first. The whole point of any action film in any action genre is pretty much to be ridiculous. And if you land and stick on that, as I said, you're the biggest fool of them all. How many of you go see horror movies? You know, I used to see these when I was a teenager. And how many times can you see before they started, you know, doing more, putting more uh, uh, black people into these films and more other people into these films and before the, the latest the latest edition of horror films that are done by black people with a black cast how many years have we watched these films and watched the girl run "Ah," and trip and fall it's cliche and ridiculous and you say fast and furious in space is ridiculous and yet every time one of these movies come out you plop down your money to go and see them how many times can you see a horror movie and the person walks through a dark house, never turns on the light, call out somebody's name, keep on walking in, don't lock the door, and then he gets snatched up and killed? Now that's ridiculous. Action movies have blown things up that you know would cause some attention. you know is impossible for someone to live. Why? mess with this franchise and say just how ridiculous certain things are are you unwilling to grow as this movie has which now become a franchise as this movie franchise has grown over the 20 years the most ridiculous part i've always thought about this thing was that why they never let them age within that time period the way there should have been Because clearly they're not as young as they used to be and you could see it in their faces. I always thought they should let them age a little bit or you know, let's show that there's age in them instead of trying to hide a little bit. But they don't really hide of it. You just see time jumps as different stories and different chapters move and propel what's happening in this universe. So if that's where you are in Ridiculous, then you've missed a great deal. Um, in this movie, Chris Morgan is not the writer. Chris Morgan did not write this. Thank God we got Justin Lin back. And Justin pulled out a whole lot of different stops in his, in his directing this time around and, and taking the story that he was, had getting, was given and doing some really, really great things that we hadn't seen before, which is good. And being able to tell a particular story that is a saga, and if you understand what the term saga means, then you know that certain things are going to pass through time and is gonna go on. And for those of you who said that there's a lot of open ending stuff that is left, guess what? It's supposed to end with the fast 10. So they will have to close all the endings that have been missing. Pay attention, people. I mean, if you're gonna ride along with this, then ride along with it and go with it. But if you're not gonna go and you just wanna go and see because someone tell you something and you didn't particularly like it, then that's fine. But don't say that this is ridiculous and half of a lot of the other things we watch is really realistic. They defied the laws of physics. Have you seen salt? Have you seen Tomb Raider? Like really? Now go watch Atomic Blonde. She got a behind kicked and couldn't really take on the bigger guys. But she was skilled in her fighting that she took her lumps and won a lot of fights. I don't go to the movie. I don't go to the cinema for realism. I go for escapism. Having said all of that, 14 minutes in The rest of what's going to happen is going to be all spoiler and telling some story So this is where you can either turn it off because if you didn't want to hear the first 14 minutes You probably turned it off anyway because you're ready for me to tell everything in the first five seconds That's not what's gonna happen You've been warned Let's go with something someone said and a comment Someone said in the comment that this is ridiculous. How can a drifter now be making rockets and and they're going off into space? I went into a comment and I said, listen, Brian, not Brian, um, Sean Bars, Bars, whatever his name is, I can't forget it, was a, a, a military brat. He was a kid from school who was a military brat. He also was a mechanic who loved muscle cars, who raced cars, who built cars, and put cars together. He clearly is mechanically inclined. He got into trouble and was shipped to Tokyo to live with his dad, who was in the Navy. And he stayed there. His father was already in his life, but his father left his mother and he ended up landing out there. And so he went out there where his dad was stationed and had to stay there. When he got into the whole car racing thing, his dad had an old Mustang that he had to build and put together himself with his crew. Twink, and I don't know who the little Asian dude is. Sorry, brother. I didn't even remember he was in the movie, actually. Until I saw him. I'm like, who's this guy who looks so old? His face looks so wrinkled. And uh, poor Bob. The brother didn't age well, people. He ain't age well. Yeah, fat with a big old fat head. And you know he's short. Anyway, he didn't age well. But it doesn't really matter because it's great to see this crew that I've been waiting to see for a very long time be put back into the franchise. And so I'm glad they finally get its opportunity. They finally get a chance to do this and do their thing, which is great. So here's the thing it is very possible that Sean, like his father, went into the military and used his skills and did whatever it is he's doing. Because it's said in the movie, people are like, oh, he's fine. He says in the movie that he's a pilot. Someone commented, well, how are they in Germany? Uh, have you ever met an expat? They live overseas, and they travel overseas, and they usually travel within Europe and, and all those other areas. Unlike Americans who don't really travel anywhere, when they do, they go to the same basic place. Everyone else is gone. So it's not, it is not—it is extremely plausible that he went into the military, became a pilot, continued his friendship with Twink and his other guy, and yes, he could have went to Germany because those type of people, who are expatriates, who move to these countries do move around. Twink was a circuit man, kind of like Tad, Chez. and so he had the ins and outs. Remember, he was selling sneakers and steering wheels and all the other stuff, steering wells, wheels, and all the other things in Tokyo Drift. So he had those skills to know people and know how to get things together, and I don't know how mechanically inclined the other guy was, but he says in a movie that he is a literal rocket scientist. So, In the backdrop, while all of the other movies were happening, the crew or the people from Tokyo Drift were growing and changing and becoming something different. The same way it was for Brian and for, what's his name? And Dom. So here we get to this one and now people are stuck on how do we not know Dom had a brother? And this movie really focused on Um, that aspect of their family, of Dom's family now, you know, his literal family. And I gotta credit Justin Lin with this. It was some really good stuff. It was really good how they went through time of showing them when they were kids and young teenagers with their father. And um, if you've ever seen the Mayans, um uh oh, i can't think of the younger brother's name um he plays dom's father in, in in the movie and you and you see where he got his love for cars and muscle cars from his ran it was in the family blood and his dad raced cars but they were in such uh financial straits that he wanted to throw the race in order to pay off his debts and stuff. So that's a backstory that we don't know. And because of the situation of how it happened, Dom blames his little brother because the little brother was also one of the mechanics who worked on a car, and that part of the story I'm not gonna tell you. But what ends up happening is he blames his brother for this and they get into it. And at the end, you know, they have he shows up at a race. But before they get to the race, we go to the story we've always heard about dom especially when they brought in uh what's that Uh, fat neck dude uh, the rock We, we always know that dom was in prison for about two years for nearly killing a guy and beating him with a wrench we find out who it is as they tell the story so in the story that leads up to this is a guy who raced with his father apparently they were friends or whatever it was but he was he was really kind of a dirty dude when it was came I think it's you want to call it a stock car racing and you know bumping him, pushing him into the windows and just doing whatever it whatever he wanted to do to win the race. he was a, he was a shady dude. So at the end of his dad's death, you know right soon after the accident, He's over there, the little brother's over there, and you know, he's feeling a little distraught, and so the guy was like, you know, saying something bad about his father, and little brother's about to do something, grab the rent, and you know, and and Dom was like, nah, just go, I got this. So he started talking trash about his father, well, you don't know this, and then then they got into a fight. Dom beats him half to death, grabs a wrench, bang, 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 and um, you know, the ending scene kind of where you see them end up is he's talking to his little brother, says it's gonna be okay. You hear the sirens in the back. And we know what the rest of the story is. He gets arrested and goes to jail. So while he's in there, um, he meets. I love how they link this to. Remember the two Dominican guys from, um, I think they're reggaeton artists, by the way, from Four, Fast and Furious, the guys who were helping with the hijack of of the, uh, the fuel. They happen to be in prison, and he meets them, and then we have that stupid exchange they always have. Why you why you're so negative? That other that was hilarious, and so he meets them, and so they know about cars, and so they, they mention something that something could happen, and so now he knows he has an idea. So he gets out of prison, sees his little brother at a race, you know. Now little brother becomes the king of street racing a little bit, and Dom shows up, and they have a race. At the end of the race, he tells him, "I win." Um, You come home No if you win you come home Because I know what you did If I win You keep driving don't ever come back So You know who won the race So now little brother has to be off by himself and that begins to build the animosity between each other. Him not liking his brother and now hating him because of the loss of his father. The other one is always lived in big brother's shadow. Of course, until he went to prison, he became the king. But always living in his big brother's shadow. So this is the animosity that goes on throughout their entire life. And this is the reason why we never, ever hear Dom or Mia mention they have a brother. Now, I heard somewhere someone said that. He told Brian daddy had a brother. And I was going through all the movies the other day to find out where it was that he said this. So that's the reason why. And if any of you have a family, and if any of you have siblings, and if any of you have cousins, and if any of you have people you work with, and you know what happens in certain situations, there are certain situations where something happens or someone did whatever else, and you act like you don't know them, or you pretend you don't know them, or you forget about them, or you move past them, or you move away from them, or you distance yourself from someone who's in your family, or someone who's close to you. That's not unheard of. Hold on. Hi, now that I have you here for a few moments, you can reach us at whitebeardandtk at gmail.com. That is whitebeardandtk at gmail.com. We welcome everything and we'd love to hear what you think about the subject of any episode that you're listening to. Also, skip on over, hop, run, jump, whatever you want to do over to YouTube. There you'll find our Friday night adventure videos where we're going to take you with us while we're on the road. Hiking, backpacking, camping, whatever it is, we'd love for you to join us there as well. So that's Friday nights, usually around 6.30 on YouTube. The White Beard and TK Experience. See you soon. Sweating, started coughing, went to pause the mic and actually turned it off. So that was a perfect spot to put in the information. So that's not unheard of in families anywhere. So why are the fans or the fake fans who want to talk about, well, all this time you're talking about family, how come we never heard about the brother? Have you met your siblings? You know, that's not unheard of that this happens in families and the family dynamics. So he goes on with his life, and while he's going on with his life, here's the backstory of what's going on in the film, is that as he's going on in his life, he spent a lot of time in his life trying to be bigger and better than his big brother. So he hung around town for a little bit before leaving and going to live his life, then he got wrapped up into some underworld type of stuff and became some military guy and then got into being pretty much a merc actually. Um, became a mercenary. And so, which is funny because you see how their lives sort of parallel what happened. You know, one's a mercenary, the other one is working with a shadow government doing some other stuff. So, um, but with Jacob, Jacob not only becomes a Merc, he's also a spy. So he's into the spy world and espionage, which is kind of cool because at one point you can hear the music that's being played in the background and it's sort of like a James Bond spy thriller kind of movie, a music happening as as there are certain scenes happening. I'm like, that's really cool to underlay that with the film. So that's where he's at, which is kind of funny because like I said, We see Dom and the crew have moved into working for shadow government type of agencies as they have moved on in their years. So this is what's happened to Jacob throughout his life, which makes him the perfect villain. But is he always gonna be the villain? I guess we'll find out because there is gonna be a Fast 10 that ends the entire thing. They have had talks in the works about there being a all female spinoff which I don't think is a good idea. Um, I hope they can work it with interesting characters. I have an idea of where they can get some of these from. Um, So does my partner who's not here right now because it's hot in here and she's doing some other stuff that she's supposed to be doing. And I was supposed to be doing some other things, but I stopped and said, you know what? Let me lay this down real quick. So that's what's happening over there. Now, if you look at the progression from Fast and Furious, they were just street races at one point. And the reason why they were street races is because Dom could have gone into legitimate racing. And one of the first films, there's a guy who races with them who says, you know, they had asked him to hold the money for a race. And, you know, they said, why do you trust him? Is it, you know, a, well, it's because he's too slow to run. But he mentions that he was going in to become a professional driver of professional racer and whatever circuit it was going to be. So race wars became that vehicle where you could do something like that and you could have legitimate street racing but on a real track. And race wars I begin I believe Dom started with a few other people. So he could have he could have gone into professional but because of what happened to the guy he nearly beat to death He was banned from the track for life. This pushes him to street racing, which is how we start picking up this story from Fast and Furious, from the Fast and Furious. Is the first one Fast and Furious? No, it's Fast and Furious. And so that's where we are. And it quickly go from that to at the end of the film, he's on the run because of things that happened and we know Brian let him go as he connected with the family and then that's what happened with that so he gave him the keys and let him go so now Dom's on the run we don't pick him back up into the fourth movie because we know when we get to too fast too furious that's just Brian by himself who's on the run because he messed up and let a criminal go so now he's out racing for a living and making some little bit of money with Taz with, uh, uh, um, and that's how they meet cause he's out in Florida doing this and then we know the whole case is they wanna catch some guy who's moving cars and do some other stuff so they recruit him the feds recruit him for this and then he goes and get out one of his friends which is uh, that he wanted to help which is Roman and him and Roman go back as little kids but Roman gets put in jail and a little mad at his friend because Brian had just became a cop maybe a month or two before and he didn't warn him when he got arrested for whatever he did. We go to Tokyo Drift because that was the next movie. But when they start putting together, that's not the line of where it is. So go to Tokyo Drift and we we meet some new characters and we meet Han. Now let's put Tokyo Drift to where it belongs. Let's take Tokyo Drift out. So then we have Fast and Furious 1, 2, and then comes the Fast and Furious So Fast and Furious, and I think the tagline was the original parts. And in this one, we see Brian is now a Fed. He's not an L.A. cop anymore. He's not a cop. He's a Fed, and he opens up, and he's going through this whole thing to, uh, to catch this guy with these cars. And the reason is because Letty is dead. Letty's death brings Ben back, who's been on the run since that first movie. And I believe Mia's a nurse, right? And so he comes back and we all know the big reveal is that, um, you know, she did that to bring him back and she was working with Brian to get him back. After that, you know, they sort of make up and they become friends. Don decides he didn't want to run, so he goes to jail. They break him out of jail. And so now they're all on the run and become fugitives. That's how we get into five. And then that gets introduced muscle neck. He comes in as he's chasing these fugitive around whatever world they go into. By this particular point, you could see how things are moving because the whole point of Five and on was that they were moving it more from car movie to um, the action genre and getting into action. So that's why you had all the bullets flying, which looked like it was from a Call of Duty movie, by the way, that whole movie reminded me of Call of Duty. So that's when they tried to, that's when they were moving into, into uh, action film instead of just racing as well as the characters changed. It's been some years. They've been on a run, Brian's been on a run, it's been some years, so when they wanna get some help to do a new heist that could set them up for life, both people call friends from the past. Now we move them forward. Tez had always been one of those people that knew some people and was a tech head, so we start to see more of his skills when we get to five. And six and then seven as it develops and go more and more and more Brian thinks like a cop all the time and if you look at it he's the only one that really knows how to work a gun outside of Dom who probably has shot people or shot at people and so we start to see how things work Roman has always just been who Roman is you can get him the drive he's got a loud mouth. And the characters continue to change. They get into more tech, they get more money, they get more things. They start helping out the government which can cover all the stuff. So by the time we get to eight, Dom now has turned into a bad guy because of Cypher. And Cypher, if I remember correctly, has a three-story arc. So we're talking eight, nine, and 10 because I'm waiting for her to die. I'm waiting for her to have a horrific death. So from eight, nine, and 10, this is Cypher's movies. And so the people say, oh, how can they do this? If you are paying attention, years have gone and they have changed and they have grown and they have access to a lot of different things. So by the time F9 shows up, We shouldn't still be talking about, this is ridiculous. We've already seen it. We've seen Letty fly through the air, Dom catches her and land on top of a car, no blood, no nothing, and they walked away. That's kind of cool. That's the whole point of a movie, to make you go, oh, that's so cool. So we get to nine, and now we meet up with the people from Tokyo Drift. Also, oh, this is what you guys have been working on. So you become a pilot. You're an actual rocket scientist. Oh, and so they mesh that together. Clearly, there's some, uh, what do you want to call it? Elon Musk wannabes creating these jet engines and doing these other stuff and testing them out. And so the first real big test is when we see in the movie, they need to go to space. And there's a reason for this. A satellite needs to be fixed or stopped. There were some people on the ground. There were some people who need to take care of it in the air. It's like, how are we going to get this? And so they come up with a ridiculous notion of, oh, yeah, we know these guys who... And then that's what happens. And so Brian flies the Quinjet, I want to say it is, that has the, the rocket ship Fiero on the back and shoots them out. And then they go... And they do all the rocket thrusters and stuff to go and find the satellite. And then as they continue, this is a moment where it becomes sort of real for them. Because early on, um, Roman starts talking about how ridiculous it is that they have lived through so many things. They have not had a scratch. They've dealt with things. There's this one scene when he's getting shot at and he doesn't get a bullet. So he's talking and it's like, I'm thinking they're gonna say they're, they're superheroes, right? So he said, you know, maybe we're invincible. But that moment in that, in that, that uh, <laughs> crappy piece of rocket ship, it becomes apparent that, you know what? Maybe we're not invincible and we're gonna die at this. And they decide that's okay. Take the thrusters do as much as they can and slam into the satellite to break the satellite down. Now they're stuck up in space. Now they die. Meanwhile, on the ground, we've got all kind of magnet juice, I mean, magnet magnet goodies happening with these massive, powerful magnets. And um, they're using it, and for all those people said they trashed the city and they did all this other stuff. Have you seen Superman? Have you seen any of the Marvel movies? When they're destroying a whole lot of stuff. But we sit there and go, ooh. So again, movies are here to entertain us. If it looked cool, that's just cool to say. That's cool. I thought it looked kind of crazy. I'm like, that looked kind of cool. But then when you go to the theater and you see the whole story laid out, you're like, Ah, that's why they did what they did and this is how it works and this is the way it's gonna work and it was crazy I mean it's at the edge of your seat action but at the same time there's a lot of heart in this story here are these two brothers and then Mia comes along she hadn't seen her brother Jacob in a thousand years basically and you had that other family dynamics going on and so There's this great heart that carries throughout this movie about family, and I guess they took to heart what the fans were saying. It's like, come on, man, you must have ran that word family like 20 times in in, um, The Fate of the Furious. So it may have been said once in this movie, but it was shown. Which I'm like, Justin Lin did a really good job. There's a scene where Han shows back up and we're all like, "Ooh, Han's back. He's alive. And there's an explanation of how they did that. I said, this is where you're going to have to catch me in this movie. Because I know Han blew up. So you better come up with a good story, a good, believable story that I could believe and then I can move on. Though where the brother had been, you didn't have a brother, I wasn't really hung up on that. I wasn't hung up on space thing, which I didn't know they were gonna be going to space until this year, everybody kept revealing. I was like, huh. But I was, how are you gonna do Han? Cause I know that all the fans been wanting him back and that's how he got back to the film. So there's a scene where Han walks in and him and Dom are talking and Dom has gotten his brother. He beat the crap out of him he beat the crap out of Dom and we're not so sure how he survived all this but he gets him and he locks him in to this room and he's outside he's watching and you know uh, what's his name John Simmons this big dude right he meets Han he looks up at him and just look on Dom's face and he looks at him and then they just grab each other and they, go, and they hug and they got this big massive manly meaningful i love you hug and then the camera cuts back at jacob looking at this from his cell and you could see in his eyes as his eyebrows sort of cringe or that cringe feral and then look in his eye it was like just sudden sadness just fell in and a bit of jealousy that that's what i want that's my brother but did you see the full sadness just rolling his eyes and he backs up like wow that was a powerful moment so then we find out what happened to Han. i love how they wrote this whole thing in there so when we get to tokyo drift between tokyo drift and all the other movies right i guess it would be the fate of the furious right i think the way tokyo drift is supposed to land is supposed to be between Seven and no, 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 no. It's between six and seven because Giselle dies in six and then he goes off to Tokyo. So when seven comes, he's not there. He supposedly dies because that's where they want to line up uh, Tokyo Drift. So what happens is since we've already got Mr. Nobody in the picture, he meets Mr. Nobody when he's in and he's in Texas. He meets Mr. Nobody. in Tokyo. And he says, you know what? I worked with Giselle way back in the day, she was a great operator, you know, she, she was a good agent. And I've seen you with her, I like for you to work for me. And so he recruits him and he gets into this whole thing where he needs to um, steal this, what do you call it? He needs to steal this weapon. Um, and it's being, I think a couple just made the weapon So he needs to go and steal this weapon So he goes to get this weapon And then on his way to get the weapon He hears that there's a rogue agent Coming in to uh, uh, to kill I forgot who, they, who they're coming to kill And so then the story goes That he used this opportunity To fake Han's death So it's like he was never really in the car I'm like you you're stretching this, but but it's a good story. And it's funny because when the scene happens, they cut back and there's Han talking to Mr. Nobody. He goes, "Okay, Mr. Magician or Mr. Magic or something else like that." And so, uh that that's really good because we have Mr. Nobody as this, you know, this dude behind the scenes that can do anything and and just show up out of nowhere and have all these things to cover his tracks. So That was a pretty cool rewrite to write him into what's happened in his life. But an even better part, an even better part is on his way to retrieve this, somebody shows up as an assassin to kill them and steal the thing. And if I'm correct, it's Jacob. Um, I think is the one who's coming to to get the other pieces. So he goes in, and the couple are killed. He's left. He spots a little girl, wants to get her. He gets in there. They drop him, um, you know, and he, he kills the people. And so he saves the little girl's life, and then there it is. Move on. Part of the story is they need to split up the team. So everybody's going in different parts and different continent. Someone's going to Tokyo, someone's going to Germany, and someone else is staying in town to do what they need to do. So the girls go off to Tokyo. Mia and, um, shoot, forget her name. They go to Tokyo and they find something, they find evidence that goes, ah. That's probably where Han is. Maybe he said to places like Mexico. So they go into this apartment and immediately start getting their behind kicked by some young Asian girl who was good. She was whipping some tail. And I was like, oh, 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 that's good. Oh, man. Oh, that looked like that hurt. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, ow, man. Kicked a bone out the back. It was one of them kind of scenes. And a bone in the bat? Yeah, that kind of happened. And so you, you see this happening. So someone's coming in to kill her, I think it is. So all three of them now are fighting these other people. And and so, you know, so then they figured out, okay, well, we're not here to kill each other. And so they do all this other stuff. And then when they head outside, um, Letty takes some dude. She rides him like a horse out the window. They're surrounded where she's surrounded and all you hear tough, 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 people getting dropped, it was a sniper. Y'all know who the sniper was, right? Han! Han picked up some new skills! Paramilitary man! So he goes and then he starts telling the story of this girl who is basically his adopted daughter. Aww! Isn't that awesome? So now Han has this daughter, this girl he's been raising, she said he saved this like this girl he's been raising and they've been working together as a team and do some other stuff. So you see, life has changed and grown and morphed for everyone within this franchise. He now has a daughter, has a different responsibility. He's worked for Mr. Nobody. Um, the girls, Letty and, and, and uh, Mir were saying how, you know they kind of missed this world, this excitement. I'll go back to the beginning of the movie in a second. So then you have that whole element, and then when he comes back, and he runs into Dom at at their, as he said, cool hideout, and he goes into there, that's when they get that big hug, Jacob sees this, he's immediately hurt. So they did that whole family without actually saying it in the movie by showing these different elements that's been going on behind the scenes in the franchise which sets up what's going to be happening in the future we start out the movie with dom leading a somewhat quiet life but we've all seen it right we saw uh what was the name of that movie nobody i think it was a movie called nobody and we've seen um like james bond movies and all the rest of this. and if you've seen what was that last Sylvester Stallone movie? Rambo: Last Blood. That actually turned out to be pretty good. You know, you know the life that you've led, so you're always prepared for it. So they got some farm. He's still tinkering around with engines and stuff. And their son is growing up. And um, Roman shows up. Roman says, "In uh, what's her face shows up." And they start saying, you know, this is what's going on. Mr. Nobody disappeared. Like, listen, that ain't, that's not my job anymore. That's not my job. We're done. We're done. You know, we're not on call anymore. We don't do this. I'm just trying to live out my life. You know, let each push his back on this one. Is that who we are? This is who we are. I'm like, no, nah, that ain't who we are. And he even mentions that, you know, Brian and Mia, they stopped. They got out of the life. It's like they're done. We wanna have these children, it's like, you know, we have these kids, it's time to stop. And they get pulled in and do so-and-so. Now, I heard another comment, someone else was saying something, he's like, well, whatever happened to the little kid? They just left him there and went off the fight? Dude, then you clearly did not see the movie. Because right from the beginning, before they leave, you hear that little Brian is going to be staying with Brian. Because Mia left too. So Mia left her kid. She left Brian with little Brian. And it's her going on a plane with everybody else. So this is where you get stupidness with people who could be a fan or not a fan or critique things without actually paying attention. It was said he was staying back with somebody else while they were off doing what they were doing. So you have them changing. He's like, okay, I'm done with driving. (laughs) I'm done with flying out of things, he's done with prison, they got their lives back, they've been pardoned, he's got all this other stuff, and it's like, you know, I just wanna be right out here and just live right now. But it's funny, when they hear the car coming, it's like, you expecting somebody? Like, no. They ran and said, listen, Brian, you need to get down as we practice. Got him in the hole, they start unlocking, unlatching things and pulling out their guns. So it's like, I'm leading a quiet life, but I know the life that we've always led. She always be prepared Which I thought was great And then the movie just takes off from there So you have (coughs) Dom saying it's enough Um, Sean becomes a pilot The friend becomes a literal rocket scientist Han becomes a father and everybody's life has changed and they all intersect and become this one connecting thing that connects you know Tokyo Drift Crew that connects Han and the rest of them is Mr. Nobody and the reason why the film exists is because they're going to look for Mr. Nobody because well maybe not they're going to look for the plane that fell because Mr. Nobody was on it and what he had was Cypher on it. But they were hit in midair. Cypher was taken. So the holes that are left here that people have been saying, well, what happened to Mr. Nobody? He's still missing. What happened to this? It's not done. Jacob just rolled off. It's not done. Unlike all the previous movies, there wasn't a real set up for what was going to happen. We do get little bits and pieces at the end credits or something for something that they're thinking of in the future. But this one was the first time I saw an actual set up for what they're going to have to finish in um, the 10th chapter. So I'm sure they're going to be finding Mr. Nobody, or they're going to focus on getting him, because at this point they were focusing on trying to get that weapon, but then it ended up where, okay, now we have to destroy this satellite and some other stuff because he they were supposed to go and get it. That was their mission, if you think about it. And in that, you had to deal with all the fighting going on. Jacob gets all into some other stuff. And little sister was like, here's the keys to the car. <laughs> Go ahead. And so she allows her big, her big brother to get away, which is cool. So there was no real time to do all that stuff, although they did get back together at the house back in L.A. And I think that's where people are ticked off that, you know, well, they just had the party and these people are still missing. Well, you gotta have a break and eat. I'll say it like that. I didn't really think about it much. I just saw it as the end of the movie and then that was just it. So, you know, I have nothing to comment on that one. But you had little Brian now have to say grace. And then um, there's like, okay, there's a chair empty, which is a cool, it's always a call back to Paul Walker. There's a chair empty and it's like, he's on his way. And then you see the skyline come up the block and pull into the driveway, and then they pull back Movie ends, and my favorite ending of all of all the other ending credit things was Shaw beating the mess out of a bag, but there's a human in it, and then someone knocks at the door, and it's Han, and he got this surprised look in his face like ah, and I was like yeah, justice for Han, you're about to get your butt kicked, trying to kill him, man. Yeah, uh-huh so um that's going to be interesting to see them pick up that when they get to the 10th chapter of okay now you two got to deal with this now this is why i have the problem with hobbs and shaw i had listened to one guy me, well you know hobbs was, was was greatly missed no he wasn't i couldn't stand his character anyway i didn't like the rock within this franchise because i think he overshadowed a lot of other stuff that was happening and they were able to get back to telling a story without that distraction. Without that distraction, so it was great. He was not missed because you had so many more elements in here. The, the storytelling from them going from being the child to the teenager and coming into present time and then going back to past time of dealing with his father and the brother and and all the other stuff, and then going forward. It was really, really. Weaved in and done beautifully, as if this wasn't an action film, it was a different sort of like a a, a drama. It was really done well. I think Justin did absolutely great, and so um, I forgot what I was going to say. So you had so Hobbs and Shore was a detractor. It took away from it because you jumped into, you know people want to say that this is ridiculous, Hobbs and Shaw was insane. Superman sort of suits and and all this other stuff and it's just like, what are you doing? Well, when you see Fast 9, it sort of makes sense that a different sort of world exists out there that has all this tech, that is about the spy craft, that is about espionage, that is about all the other stuff. So when the studio decided to do that movie first, It sort of jumped the gun and I was a little afraid like am I really going to want to see this movie? Because when you talk about a spinoff, you're already spent off on some other elements that haven't even existed yet within the franchise. But now we can kind of see it. After seeing how this goes and how it ends, how that world now will be spent off and how it can exist. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson can have all that. Um, Hobbs and sure was okay but it wasn't great one of the first of all those movies that I have never seen more than once that ought to tell you something so the person oh it was greatly missed no he wasn't not at all because there were so many things happening in this film so if you haven't seen it yet go and see it doesn't matter what I say um, I told you it was gonna spoil us in here alone with all of my other commentary So if you are ticked off that I told the whole thing well, I told you I was gonna happen so you can always come back But you know see it tell me what you think what you thought So yeah, so we, we have that um, all those different elements. I'm thinking if I'm missing anything that was in it that was um, Pretty cool Or that was surprising the action is insane um, the people who were talking about them going to space, like really? I'm sitting here thinking they took a car off a cliff, grabbed onto a bridge cable, swung all the way across like Tarzan, flipped on the other side, or should I say, crashed into a wall, bounced over, flipped over, landed on the other side, and sat there and letty goes, which is just funny. This is how this is where, where they start poking fun at themselves and go. Well, that was new and the entire thing, there's not one seatbelt or helmet on. So yeah, ridiculous at times, fun, awesome. Was it a great ride? Absolutely. Were there some surprises? Yes. Was the story being told a surprise? Absolutely. Was it put in together? You bet. It was a great package. So it was money well spent. I don't know if I'm gonna go back into a theater to see it again, um, because that costs way too much. But those are one of those movies that I wanted to see, as I said about, um, as we talked about A a Quiet Place. So next up will have to be Black Widow. So when I'm gonna see that, I haven't a clue. I really don't. I don't know if I just want to stay home and watch it on Disney or actually go into the theater, which I like to watch certain things on a massive screen. On a massive screen, and this film is nearly three hours. But you don't feel the three hours at all. Maybe I was hopped up on popcorn grease and soda. Diet soda. Not a lot, but I had some. And some goobers. But yeah. So that is it for this so-called pseudo-movie review commentary on um, this chapter of Fast and Furious. And I cannot wait to see what they're going to do in the next one. And I hear that it's going to be shot back-to-back because the studio has decided that they want it split into two parts instead of one part. So you're going to end up being... Um, Fast 10, whatever the title is going to be, is going to be part A and B. And so I heard, let's say Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel saying um, that, you know, it could work, or but it hasn't been done with them before. But it has been done in other movies like A Hunger Games, which, by the way, I didn't appreciate that and didn't like it. So I don't know if it's going to come out back to back that same year, which should make sense that it would come out that same year, but I didn't. But I did hear that you know Justin intends to do it straight through, like film the whole thing before they split it up and then put it out there. So that ought to be interesting. We know that that happened with um, what's the movie with Neo, uh, The Matrix, which was interesting the second part of the matrix was shot all at once and they split it in half to be the matrix uh, 2 and 3 so there's been done that way and for those who like to say a lot of different things about this franchise here's something interesting that people don't really think about this is not a superhero film it's not a remake of some book it's not a reimagining of something else this is something that is original There's not a lot of that in Hollywood. And there's not a lot of it that could have lasted for 20 years and have You know, the fans keep coming back and interested in it and still loving it, still laughing at it, still laughing with it, and still enjoying it. It's something original. I am sick of seeing Marvel movies. I am sick of superheroes. I am sick of seeing a remake of something else. I love something that's original. I love something that's going to take me deeper into entertainment and make me disappear for two hours. And A A Quiet Place? Shockingly brilliant was one of those things when I first saw it. I'm like, I I wanna see it again. And then I didn't know a second one was coming out. When a second one came out, I'm like, is it gonna be as good? And we see it, I'm like, oh, snap. The jump scares are done differently than you will see in any other horror and, and thriller because there is no music to set it up to make you jump. You're just watching. And then to have him do it from the, from the point of view of the daughter who's actually deaf in real life so that we don't hear anything when she's seeing something from her viewpoint is an excellent vehicle to be in a movie. And this is beautiful to see original stories, to see original tales being told in cinema other than all the other things. When Get Out came out, it was like, okay, we got a straight-up all-black cast, black horror film. And it had whatever undertones were going under it, and then it had some other things. It was uniquely done. It was a uniquely told story. And then we had all of the cheesy knockoffs that came after it. You know what I mean? So I love original stuff, and this was great. To have lasted this long to be something original to not be a superhero stuff but and then then watch the progression of the characters in the entire world to just go from just racing to doing something else because people recognize their skills and then the skill sets change as they do as we do in life last thing and i'm gonna get out of here you know I worked with children for many years, and I, and I had to walk around because I work with autistic children. I had to walk around with gloves in my bag. I walked around with stuff, hand sanitizer, clean, my hands clean, because I worked with washing kids' butts and cleaning them up and cleaning their nose and putting the clothes on after they peed and pooped all over themselves. And I worked at a camp, and I drove a bus. So I ended up having a pocket knife and a, a, a multi-tool. Now that started going into my bag. And then I had wipes inside my bag so I can clean my hands from driving the bus all day long. And I started carrying water with me when I started working and then working out during the summer because it's really hard to find water. So I carried a canteen with me, always having water on hand. Then I had band-aids because I would get cut. So with each job and each thing, my life changed and I picked up a different skill to put in my toolbox. Now that I've been hiking and camping, Even the equipment over the past four years have changed. This year, it's been about five years, no, five years since my wife died. So four years since we first started camping. And this is the first year in four years that we took some money out and we're revamping our entire system. And for hiking, we had to swap out things after two years of hiking to get better, lighter bags to do harder, longer trails the way we eat and what we take has changed the first aid kits have changed you know we've been driving without a first aid kit and my daughter got hurt a few weeks ago and we didn't have anything inside the car and i realized oh my god we need this we took a trip to tennessee without it and if anything had happened we'd have been in trouble to take a long distance ride like that and not have so you know we went into getting a first aid kit and just this morning before we did this we were looking at a few uh A free training course I got with it, which was how to work chest seals and all these other things. So now there's going to have to be classes to take in doing this because as we move from just hiking into backpacking and from camping at campgrounds to doing more, um, what do you call that camping, more dispersed camping or more backcountry camping, now you need to learn some other skills to take care of yourself. In case trouble happens, in case this other thing happens. And so, you know, we're learning different things and we grow. And for the naysayers of this franchise, they lose sight at the fact that these characters have grown, they have changed, their life circumstances have changed, much like we do in real life. And I can appreciate that. It's a silly thing, it's it's a fun thing, it's an action film. That's great. But for a person who loves movies and the cinema, I can also look at some of the ridiculous things and then appreciate all of the other nuances that go into this. And when you're talking 20 years of characters, watching them develop and change just like we do in real life with the original story is quite awesome. That's about it. I'll see you next time right here. Have a great day.